Next on BYU Sports Nation, Cougar basketball filling the winning mojo after five straight W's and the last two coming on the road. BYU TV analyst and college basketball insider Blaine Fowler makes his weekly visit. Why he believes the Cougars have turned it around and why BYU beats Gonzaga. Plus, the legend of BYU Sports Nation karma lives on. And what was the BYU Sports Nation best of the weekend? Hashtag BYUSN. Hashtag let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Bring it on Monday, January 20th, 2014, BYU Sports Nation back to work. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. We're here for you on the holiday. Hope you're enjoying Martin Luther King Jr. Day, wherever and however you may be listening. Great to have you with us. BYU Sports Nation 101 today. I know that sounds like a class or some cheesy tie-in because we're associated with the university. Uh, yeah, I thought there were no classes today. But literally, it's show 101 for BYU Sports Nation. What a ride thus far. It's been neato. <laughs> Faux show. Any other words you want to throw in there besides neato? You know I will later. Okay. Now for your show starters. Austin Colley, four catches, 57 yards, yeah. a long of 20, two third-down conversions for the Patriots, but a loss, 26-16 at Denver. The Super Bowl set up, by the way, Denver Broncos, Seattle Seahawks. I like it. The league's top offense against the league's top defense, and in New York City. New most, York City! That's right. Most likely cold weather for the big game. Who you got, Jerem? I want to say Broncos just because offense now in the NFL trumps good defense. But, uh, you know what? I have Northwest ties. Used to live in Portland. Love the city of Seattle. I'm going to go with Seahawks. I wore Mariners gear today because I don't ha- have Seahawks stuff. I how, like, how about that? How big of a fan am I if I don't even have a shirt? I'm torn because I love both teams mm. for different reasons. So who you got? Spit it out. Make a prediction right now. Two weeks to go. <laughs> I shouldn't say I love the Broncos. I love Peyton Manning. And I love how much of a media darling he is. Dude is hilarious. Multi-talented. So answer the question. Hard to go against Manning. So I, I good. I, I good. like, we'll I like the Broncos in that game. Although the Seahawks have the best color scheme of any NFL team, we'll be on the bet. We'll be on uh, both sides. This will be good. <laughs> the East West Shrine Game in Tampa Bay, Florida, in the books. Two BYU players involved. Kane Kufrell had one catch for eight yards. Daniel Sorensen also played. We're hoping to have some reaction from Senior Sorensen very shortly. And then there's this BYU head football coach Gary Croton, Jerem. Yeah, he was hired as the offense coordinator at Southern Utah. Ed Lamb is the head coach there. He's a former Cougar linebacker. So uh, BYU, BYU's Gary Crutton returns to the state of Utah. That dude has been a journeyman for sure. Listen to this. He's had stops in New Hampshire, Boston, Shreveport, Louisiana, Chicago, Provo, Eugene, Oregon, back to Louisiana and Baton Rouge, Maryland, Winnipeg, Canada, Cedar City, Utah up next. But don't forget, he is the reason Bronco Mendenhall is here. That's true. He brought him from Louisiana Tech. <clears throat> So you having throat issues today? I, I am. You okay. Look, it was a weekend. I ate a lot of junk food, trying to clear the throat. Okay, we're all human, right? It's a holiday. Just relax. Oh wait, we're we're, here, we're here at work, but trust we're, me, we're working for you. We, it's a different kind of work. It's so. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Join our conversation by using the new and more concise hashtag BYUSN. Comment on our Facebook page and sound off on today's Twitter question, which goes like this. What was the BYU Sports Nation best of the weekend? Use hashtag BYUSN to weigh in. To me, it was Taylor Sanders' performance and BYU volleyballs in general uh, on the road. They won both. We talked about Friday the Oracle came in here uh, and predicted a split. He must have misread the signs because BYU won at Irvine in five, came back down 2-1. And then Sanders sets a BYU single match record any era. With nine aces in the match, five in the first set. Tremendous stuff. So now BYU hosts Stanford and Pacific this weekend, both on BYU TV, uh, and has some real momentum going. That was the best of the BYU Sports Nation weekend. You would pick volleyball. Of course I would. BYU basketball at Santa Clara for me. Matt Carlino's nine assists, including the no look to Eric Mika. Juicy. To cap it off. I mean, that, that was fantastic work by Matthew Mario 
Carlino. That's his real full name. I love it. Listen to BYU Sports Nation weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYU the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. Access our show on demand at byuradio.org, or if it's more convenient for your schedule, catch the rebroadcast weekdays at 7 Eastern. Rise and shout, my friends! It's time for a holiday edition of What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. Road swag. College basketball statistician Ken Pomeroy told us last week on this show, BYU still needed to prove something on the road as opposed to just having success at home. Well, it's always more difficult to play on the road. Um, and I guess that kind of gets back to, you know, this lineup change. How effective has it been? Because, you know, they make the change, move Kyle Collins over to the point, happens to coincide basically when they get back home. You know, after that four-game losing streak, and so they go on a three-game winning streak and they play better. Uh, but you, you know, you always always play better at home. I mean, that's just—it's not a BYU thing. It's college basketball thing. We know it well. I'd say it worked out quite well. BYU with a daily RPI now of 42 after two road wins. Strength of schedule at 13. Five straight wins. Where do we begin? I'll start with Tyler Hawes. Gets two fouls in the first 45 seconds. He goes out. Oh, no. What does BYU do? And in steps Anson Winder. One man, one half, 16 points. Yeah, he was awesome. He was awesome. He's been in double figures five times this season. And what did I say last week on this show? I said, Anson Winder and Frank Bartley, please, at least one of you show up. BYU needs bench production. They need good defense. They need... Role players to play better, and they did. Let us not forget that two starters sat out the game due to academic or team violation issues for Santa Clara. So they were already un- uh, a little, uh, I'm losing the word, underhanded. That's not the word. They shorthanded? Shorthanded, thank you. There you go. They were shorthanded. <laughs> what the heck? So BYU goes in, but they still need to play the game and still need to play well. I thought that this was one of the three best games that BYU played all year. And I can tell you in what order I have them. Stanford, Texas, Santa Clara. And better than San Diego because it was a road game. uh, We we talked about that earlier. I asked you to quantify that, and you said, well, they're road games. I can't argue that. Shot 62%, but more importantly, it was a team win. It wasn't on the backs of three guys. It was all over the place. Haas, like you mentioned, Haas has two fouls. He's out. Winder comes in and scores 16. He did not score in the second half. He didn't need to because Tyler Haas scored 16 in the second half. That's exactly right. So your two guards produced 32. (laughs) I really liked this game from BYU, and it gave me confidence that BYU can compete and or beat Gonzaga. I was not feeling that way after the San Francisco game as much. But BYU played a good game, and like I talked about, there is a regression to the mean. This was one of the better games that BYU's played, right? But if BYU can play like that, they've got a good chance against the Zags, which is meaningful. BYU, I guess it's not. It's it's nice to see that they are not absolutely dependent on Tyler Haas. It cannot be an NCAA tournament team. You just can't be dependent on one guy. What about Jimmer? That was well. That was like, hey, we're one of the top ten teams in the country. That's that's a different situation. This is whether BYU gets into the tournament. You got to have a team effort. And and while Jimmer was off the charts incredible that season, they had a team. They had Brandon Davies. They had Jackson Emery. Charles Abuo, Noah Hartsock. I mean, those are some of the best. Uh, that, those are some of the winningest players in BYU history. Like, you have like four of the top six in that group. They had guys that can play. Looking at the stat sheet, six different BYU players in double figures. Six. And they had 22 assists compared to That's more like it. five against San Francisco. They were sharing the ball. It was a really solid team effort. And they shot 62%. Three-pointers. Oh, yeah, BYU can shoot threes. I forgot. 7 of 11 from the field. 64%. Anson Winder came in. He was lights out. He was great. Here Matt, double- and, of course, Matt Carlino, which we'll break down more in a moment. Here are your double-figure scores. Kyle Collinsworth, Tyler Haas, Eric Mika, Skylar Halford again with 10 points. Anson Winder, Matt Carlino. Two of those guys off the bench. That's huge. 35 bench points for BYU. 62% from the field. Second best all season. So that's that's not common, but, boy, I'll take it on the road. I'll take it anywhere, but especially on the road. 
So BYU gets it done against Santa Clara. Five straight wins. And then there's Matthew Mario Carlino. Topic two. Carlino's way, part two. Carlino for three. BYU's first lead since 8-7. to seven. Carlino with 15. And Matt Carlino finished with 15 in a win over Santa Clara. Listen to this stat line. 24 minutes, 5 of 9 shooting, 3 for 5 from deep, 15 points, 9 assists, no turnovers, none. He took over the game in the second half, Spencer, and there was uh, it was acknowledged by the commentators. Not often does a guy take over a game without scoring, per se, but Carlino did this, and it really hit me during that game and over the weekend that BYU is going to be as good as Matt Carlino can get them. To be good. Tyler Hawes is the best scorer. Kyle Collinsworth is going to have the ball in his hands the most. Eric Mika is the one post threat. But guess what? If Carlino struggles, this team is going to struggle. If Carlino is good, BYU's in the NCAA tournament. If Carlino's not good, BYU's in the NIT again. And Which brings me to today's stat of the day. Since coming off the bench against San Diego five games ago, Matt Carlino's averaging the following. 13.2 points per game. He's shooting 50% from the field, including from three. And he averages 4.4 assists and 1.4 turnovers per game. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. That's huge for BYU to have those kind of numbers from Matt Carlino because Halford is playing well. Collinsworth is playing even better as we are midway through the season. Tyler Hawes is at a high level as well. So this is great. Matt Carlino can help the Cougars get into the NCAA tournament. Now, how long can he maintain this? That's, that's the real question. Can this continue to be something he does? Is he in a place where he's comfortable for the rest of the season? You've come a long way on this BYU team in the last five games, Jerem. Hey, play better, and you show me something, and I think that there's something there. But you think Matt Carlino is the X factor for BYU getting into the NCAA tournament? The Y factor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me say. Let me repeat. I feel the like we're line. on a game show. Let me. I'll I'll take uh, Carlino for two hundred. <laughs> let me repeat the, the stat line one more time. Twenty four minutes. He only played twenty four minutes, but oh, what a twenty four minutes they were! Five of nine, fifteen points, nine assists, no turnovers. There will be greater challenges than Santa Clara, but you've got to beat those teams on the road. You just have to go and do it. And BYU had one road win, Spencer, going into the last weekend. And then they won two. Good work. That's why their strength of schedule is 13. and or, Well, not really because they didn't play super high-quality teams. But uh, their schedule is working out so that the teams that they have played are doing good things for them in that category. Texas beats Iowa State. Oregon's tanking, though. One and four in Pac-12 play, right? Yeah, Oregon hasn't been great. But Texas and Wichita State. Wichita State, is, they're going to go undefeated in the regular season. Cougars with a daily RPI of 42, strength of schedule 13, five straight wins, and Matt Carlino is back. Do you care if he comes off the bench? I don't. I don't. See, the, the minute distribution is interesting, too, because he'll get in the game. Kyle Collinsworth will bring the ball up the court, and then Matt Carlino all of a sudden is running the play at the end of the shot clock if they don't get a shot up. So you sort of have two point guards out there. But as long as Matt can play well, I don't care if he's coming off the bench or not, because if that's what BYU needs, and if that what if that's what he needs to play this way, keep it going. I've said so many times, I want Matt to be a twelve and six guy, twelve points, six assists. Right now, limited uh, turnovers. My Saturday was he's a thirteen and four point five guy. Awesome, yeah, awesome, fantastic. One point four turnovers per game, so four point four over one point four. Keep it going, brother. Fifty percent. He's ten of twenty from three. If he has 12 and 6 and has a 2 to 1 assist to turnover ratio, that's a starting point guard's line. BYU wins a lot of basketball games. Matt Carlino exceeded those expectations in 24 minutes of game time on Saturday night. Yeah, he's he's given it to BYU exactly what they need. You know who else is winning? Volleyball. Topic 3. The legend of BYU Sports Nation karma grows. Tied on the net. Back row to Sander and now. The Sandman delivers. Taylor Sander. The pick. Absolute thunder out of the back row. Mr. Sandman, bring me a treat. Oh, yeah. Taylor Sander. Well, f- oh, I, I mean, let's reset. 
Friday, Chris McGowan comes we, on the we show. We have the head coach, Chris McGowan, on Friday. He takes the BYU Sports Nation karma. And throws it in Irvine's face. <laughs> BYU wins two enormous road games. Headlined by Taylor Sander, who previously had taken on the BYU Sports Nation karma, joining our show. Well, I think it fades at some point. Like, you lose the power. It's sort of on an interview-by-interview basis. Yes. We're still discovering the power of the karma, right? But Sander has a record-setting performance for Chris McGowan and the Cougars on Saturday. Nine aces, including <laughs> five in the first set. That is a BYU single-match record any era. That is from 1990 to now. That's like seven touchdown passes in a game. Yeah. Ser- it seriously. just does not happen. It's like eight, because it's the record. So BYU's uh, Taylor Sander and BYU men's volleyball, they lost the first two matches of the year in Illinois. And the, there, it was like a, what was that? Loyola, Lewis, tough, but... They've since won four in a row, including Long Beach State at home, Irvine on the road, and now Stanford, who was number one in the country last week, lost both matches last week. They come into town Friday, Pacific Saturday, both on BYU TV. Wait, I've heard this story before, Jerem. I've heard this somewhere before. You, you lose you, two, and you then you go the first on a two and go, streak. huh? Well, what, what the heck happened? Hmm. What and, and then you, then you come home, you get you get the winning mojo back, and then you go on the road and you win two. What do you know? How about that? BYU basketball and BYU volleyball. Who needs the karma Parallels. next? Who needs the karma next? That should be a question at some point. Get them on the show. We will gladly give it that to them. That needs to be one of our Twitter questions at some point. Speaking of, our Twitter question today, what was the BYU Sports Nation best of the weekend? Hashtag BYUSN. Tweet, tweet. At Chesh Sports. First of all, he says, Thanks for working today, fellas. You're welcome. While I listen from my bed. Nice. (laughs) Also, Jerem, I want that Mariner shirt. Hashtag Go Mariners. Okay, so we've we've got got that out of the way. I got this from Safeco Field last year. At McMinn5 says, the Haas Haas throws down. Hashtag BYUSN. It was Thursday against San Francisco. What a dunk. Solid. I think I talked about it Friday, but I was holding my seven-month-old. Not your seven-year-old? Exactly. And... Yelled, ah! or whatever, you know, in excitement and scared the heck out of her. At Laser Sheet, best of the weekend? I can't believe I'm saying this, but Matt Carlino. Yes. I'm not a big Matty basketball fan, but what a game he had. I still cringe sometimes when he has the rock, but I like this well-cogitated play he has shown us recently. He can be great with it. Yes, increased cogitation has yielded efficiency at Bridger Hill. Uh, basketball continues to step up, showed depth with Haas in foul trouble, Winder. Carlino better from bench, ready to see the return of FIBIV, Frank Bartley the fourth. Just think if Frank Bartley could do something for BYU. He played one minute on Saturday. Yeah, he's in a weird place like Carlino was where he's not sure what his role is and struggled for a while. Get, he was good at getting to the rim, but he wasn't finishing. And so I think that at some point there was probably some discouragement of that, not to mention a poor free throw shooting percentage. So if BYU can get contributions from a second guy on the bench... In terms of points, BYU's in business. That's what happened Saturday. Did you see the body language of Matt Carlino so on Saturday? He, it was totally, it just screamed, I got this. Worlds apart. Worlds apart. I mean, he just looks so confident. It's the same look he had against Stanford and against Wichita State and against Iowa State. Like, there's just that swag back. It's, it has something it is, to do with making shots, seriously. Clearly visible. I mean, Matt Carlino has got the confidence back. I hope Frank Bartley can get that at some point, too. BYU basketball has won five straight. Also a huge weekend for BYU men's volleyball. Is Matt Carlino the linchpin for this BYU basketball team? Jerem Jordan certainly believes that. Blaine Fowler will offer his opinion next. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back. It's a holiday edition of BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out live in Studio 2 at BYU Broadcasting. Happy to be here on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Follow our show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. You can also follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Tonight on True Blue with Dave McCann, West Coast Conference Commissioner Jamie Zaninovich discusses tournament changes, plus the emergence of Skylar Halford and what's in store for the Go Fast, Go Hard offense in year two. Watch True Blue tonight, 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV and listen on BYU Radio. So we just saw the new basketball rankings. This is the AP poll. 
This is, uh, this is juicy for BYU fans, especially when you consider their strength of schedule, which is 13. Wichita State, 5. So these wow. are B- BYU opponents. UMass, 13. Iowa State, 16. Texas uh, receiving votes. BYU Gonzaga receiving was beating Wichita State by 12. The Shockers are a really good basketball team. They find a way to win a lot of games. BYU led Iowa State and Wichita State. Both by 12. By double figures. Led Oregon by 7. I am way over that, though. They won five straight. That's why. Just win. Just play well. Win. Get to the end of the year. Get into the tournament and try to win that first game. The legend of BYU Sports Nation, Karma Gross. Volleyball coach Chris McGowan on the show last Friday. The Cougars sweep the weekend. What was the BYU Sports Nation best of the weekend? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tell us what you enjoyed most over the weekend. I mentioned this uh, off the top, but for me it was it was Matt Carlino, his ability to share the ball. At Sports Bros just tweeted, he is certainly, in reference to Carlino, and my comment about BYU would be as good as he could uh, make them. He is certainly the measuring stick of how well they play. When he is on, they are tough to beat. I think they go to another level when he plays well. I think that when he doesn't play well, then teams like LMU and Pepperdine can beat, have a chance. Can beat BYU. They have a chance. But when Carlino plays well, then you can pound San Diego. You can beat up Santa Clara. You know, those games that you should play that way, the standard for BYU is we're an NCAA tournament team, then you should do that. BYU Sports Nation regular. College basketball insider, BYU TV analyst, Blaine Fowler, back on the show. He's working the holiday as well. Blaine, what was the BYU Sports Nation best of your weekend? So my best of the, you know what? This, this is like BYU grad best of. I was just happy to see Austin Collie get a chance to have an impact and make some plays in the NFL again and make it through a season without getting hurt. That's my BYU best. And I know there's all kinds of things that actually went on with BYU, so I'm doing a BYU alumni best. I was proud of Austin. I like it. Four catches, 57 yards. He, he played very well. Yeah, it, it was fun to see. And I, I think that he showed enough and he stayed healthy enough. You know, and he was in and out and in and out this year of, of, uh, of contracts, just trying to prove that he could still play. I hope what this does is leverages him into an opportunity to, to get signed and, and be a regular next year. He certainly has a talent. And I think he can play a little more carefully. And gosh, can't we design a helmet to keep that guy safe? Well, just give him Wes Welker's mega helmet from Spaceballs. Yeah, that giant thing exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the cranium on him, everybody. What did remind me of Spaceballs? It was, uh, um, so I married an axe murder. Look at the cranium on him. Yes. It's like got a whole solar system. Looks like an orange on top of a toothpick. Yes. It's <laughs> like an orange on a toothpick. On yeah, go to bed and cry yourself to sleep on your huge pillow. <laughs> Look at the size of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Blaine Fowler's on BYU Sports Nation. What's up, Blaine? I said, that's what, maybe we'll talk about Austin that way next year if they get in that kind of a helmet. Yes. Any, anything to keep the guy healthy. He's too talented not to play. Now, after Cody Hoffman wrapped up his BYU career, did your opinion change on who the greatest receiver in BYU history is? You know, I I, th- I think that Austin, you know, he, did, he left after his junior year, so everybody needs to remember that. It's not just about numbers. I, I think Cody's the most physical wide receiver BYU's ever had. He's going to leave in the record books as number one all time. Um, if I if I'm picking a team, I want I want Austin Collie on one side and and Cody on the other. Cody made incredible catches. Um, you know, where the guys were all over him, and Austin Collie was just. The way he ran routes and the way he could get separation, he was just uncoverable in college. And so, you know, you can argue either way. The numbers would point to Cody Hoffman, um, but we've got to keep in mind that Austin played one last year. Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst, college football and basketball insider and expert, joining Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, let's talk hoops. BYU basketball seemingly was left for dead after an 0-2 start in West Coast Conference play. They came home. They found some of that winning mojo again. They won three straight in the Marriott Center. But then they went on the road, found a way against San Francisco, and then shot lights out against Santa Clara. They've won five straight and all of a sudden are back in the WCC conversation. What do you credit the turnaround to? Well, I like that we're staying with, an Austin, with a Mike Myers theme because you said they got their mojo back, <laughs> um, just, just like Austin Powers. But but uh, I I really believe it goes back to the change in lineup. I, I think when when they decided 
that Skylar Halfer was going to start. It did a couple of things. It, it gave Matt Carlino perspective. I think he plays better coming up because some, you know, I think sometimes he was in games he was starting and he didn't let the game come to him. You always talk about but he didn't recognize the flow of the game and sometimes force things. When he's sitting on the bench, I think sitting there watching, even if it's only for a couple of minutes, he understands the flow of the game when he gets in, and he's been just so much better with a basketball in his hands coming off the bench. You look at his assist-to-turnover ratio since coming off the bench, it's phenomenal. And, and that's been the problem for BYU. They need him to be good, and I heard you guys talking about that before I came up. They need him to be really good and consistent. They don't necessarily need him to score 18 or 19 points. They need that some nights. But what they can't afford is they can't afford him to turn the ball over five or six times in a ball game or take an ill-advised shot um, down the stretch of a game that's just a bad miss. And since he's been coming off the bench, we just have not seen those things. And the second factor is he's a very, very good player, and he's hard to stay in front of. And now when he's coming off the bench, he's coming off the bench at the same time that other teams are going to their bench. He's a mismatch for everybody else's sixth and seventh man. And so sometimes you've got a really good guy coming off the bench, it gives your, your team a huge boost at that time when the other team starts to rest players as well, and he's completely fresh. And so I think the combination of that rotation and the fact that he's playing better and, that, and also that Kyle Collinsworth is just ridiculous and continues to get better, those, those things combined have put BYU back in a position where I think they contend for a WCC title again. I agree. I felt much better about the way that BYU played in that game that gives them a better chance, uh, at least the possibility of a better chance against Gonzaga. Blaine Fowler is on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, I think Carlino coming off the bench has helped BYU in many ways that you just illustrated, one of which is that it's enabled Skylar Halford to be able to contribute at a greater level for BYU, and the ball is in Kyle Collinsworth's hands more often. Uh, what, What impact besides Carlino's play have you seen? I guess, how has Carlino's play impacted everyone else, in your opinion? Well, Halford, we knew that he could score, and he was coming off the bench, and it, it almost seemed like he was just, I've got to prove myself. I've got to be like the energizer bunny when I come off the bench. I'm just going full go, full tilt. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't do that anymore, but he seems like, with that starting mantle, that he maybe doesn't quite have that chip on his shoulder, and he's letting the game come to him more, and look at his production. You, you take the combined production of those two by switching their roles, and it's one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals four now with those two. So I think the confidence factor for Halford, knowing that I can play at this level, you know, I came out of the J.C. ranks, I was trying to prove myself, they've rewarded me for that, now I can settle in and just play basketball, he's become better. And I think with Kyle Collins, I don't know that it's a matter of the lineup. Um, I think with him... He's just getting more games under his belt back off his mission, and we're seeing just an unbelievably skilled basketball player rising to the top. His skill set is ridiculous. And, and how about his free throws are even improving? You know, And so that was the one chink in the armor, if you go back five or six games ago, and he's doing a better job with that. I'd still like to see him up you know, shooting him like Tyler Hawes, wouldn't we all? But his ability to see the floor, his, his size and ability to shoot over the top of people, He's got a nice mid-range game. Uh, he can take the ball you know, to the rim. He gets fouled. That's why he's got to be a better free-throw shooter. He can throw over the top. He easily gives entry passes into the big guys because at 6'6", he can throw over the top of defenses and find a way to get the ball into the post. He's a great post feeder. He just does not have a weakness in his game other than he's got to get better in the free-throw line. And teams right now are looking at him, and they don't have anybody that can guard him. And so they're trying to figure out how, to, how we, they can team defend him. Well, now, now they've got, now it's not just Tyler Hawes. Now they're going, okay, now we've got to defend this guy and do this and this and this. Oh, but by the way, this other guy, we have to do this. So now you've got multiple game plans to team defend multiple players, and that's why BYU is so much better than they were just even five or six games ago because those two have emerged. And then, oh, hey, let's add a third guy. Uh, Carlino's coming off the bench. What are we going to do with him? You've got to stay in front of him. Our rotations have to be solid. Oh, what about this Halford guy that's shooting it now? Oh, and by the way, when Mika stays out of foul trouble, we can't guard him one-on-one either. So, so BYU has done is they've finally shown that, that they're going to create problems and matchup problems at five positions on the floor at all times, and they're a nightmare to defend. 
Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst, college basketball expert, joining BYU Sports Nation. You bring up Kyle Collinsworth, and it's funny, Jeremy and I didn't even really talk about Casey and his play in our What's Trending segment, but he is a match-up nightmare. One of six BYU players in double figures, 37 minutes, 18 points, seven rebounds, four assists. But that's just like another night at the office for Kyle. I want to go back to Skyler, however, Blaine. His stat line is... Not as quote unquote juicy as some of the other players, but he made a hustle play against Santa Clara that that almost trumped everything I saw tonight. Dove on a ball, get on the float, and saved it. BYU came up with the turnover. Skylar Halford is that guy for BYU, and that does not show up on the stat sheet. But his energy, his enthusiasm, is certainly contagious. Hey, there's no question that he raises everybody else's level because they just have to tr- figure out how to, how to match his intensity level. And the thing that I worried about when they were starting him was, you know, he's shown me that he can come out on the floor as a sixth man or a seventh man and just really infuse a bunch of energy into this team, but he's only got to do it in two-minute stretches. Can he, is he in good enough condition to do this for extended minutes? Well, the answer is yes. I mean, he's, you know, he's not... He's not playing ridiculously more minutes um, because Carlino's still playing a lot off the bench and they're mixing and matching. But he is playing in bigger stretches. And, and guess what? The guy's in unbelievable shape. And so he's proven to me that not only that he can breathe, you know, you know, breathe energy into this team, but he can sustain it because he's in incredible shape. And I'll tell you what, that tells you how hard that kid worked in the offseason and how much he wanted to prove himself. He's done an amazing job. Blaine Fowler's on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, big couple of games for BYU this weekend. They go to the Northwest. They visit Voodoo Donuts. Then they take on Portland Thursday night, a game that BYU should win. But Gonzaga lost at Portland, so not necessarily a W for sure. And then, of course, the big one marked on everyone's calendar, BYU at Gonzaga. How does BYU beat Gonzaga on Saturday? Well, they better worry about Portland first <laughs> because you're exactly right. I you know, in Portland, they've got another guy in Bailey that can knock down three. So BYU has been much better defending the three-point line um, in the last four or five games. And so I, th- I think they've turned a corner there, and they understand how to defend better. So I do think they'll, I think they'll get a win at Portland. But they, they better not worry about Gonzaga until they get through Portland, because you're exactly right. Portland stunned Gonzaga in that, in that home win. Now, they better not look forward, but we can look forward, right? That's what we do. Yes. And and I really don't care about the Portland game. I, I know it could be a tough one. I want them to care about that because I care about the Gonzaga game on Saturday. Amen, brother. To, to, <laughs> beat, to beat the Zags, the Zags are just so balanced. They're a lot like BYU. They create matchup problems. They've got good, they've got good inside play and size. They've got depth. Um, they have a guard play. Pangos is excellent. Um, they can knock down threes. They have multiple guys that, have, that can knock down threes. So you can't really go into that game – like you do against the uh, University of San Diego and say, hey, if you can stop dribble penetration of Anderson and not let D get in the open threes, you win the game. There's not one or two things you have to do against Gonzaga to win in their place. You, you have to play well in every aspect of the game. And to me, they've got to keep Sharp and Mika on the floor because Gonzaga has too much size for BYU to play small for extended period. They, they can do it to create a matchup problem for a short period of time until Gonzaga adjusts. But they can't play extended minutes without at least one of those big guys on the floor. They've got to defend the three really well. Um, they, they've got to be able to defend dribble penetration. They're going to have to shoot well from the free throw line, which we've seen them turn a corner there. Um, and they absolutely have to take care of the ball. I, I'd like to see them have 10 turnovers or less in this ball game. And then, I, so I think that's key number one. And then they got to keep the big guys on the floor so that they, so that they can rebound. Um, it's not out of the question for them to beat the Zags on the road. I don't think Gonzaga, they don't have a nightmare matchup like Olenek last year, a seven-footer that has the skill set of guard. And Emerson, he just had a crazy good game in the NBA the other night. That's how good he is. Um, so they don't have that type of a player, but they're just really, really solid at all five positions, and they're eight deep. So BYU has to play perfect. They're going to have to play their best game to win on the road at Gonzaga. Blaine Fowler, that is fantastic stuff. Thanks, as always, my friend. Good to talk to you guys. I'll see you later. Sounds good. Up next, what do Heisman Trophy winner Johnny Manziel and BYU Volleyball have to do with each other? 
believe it. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. We roll on on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. You are listening to BYU Sports Nation live on your holiday. Hope you're enjoying your Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Tonight on True Blue with Dave McCann, the commissioner of the WCC, Jamie Zaninovich, discusses the tournament changes plus the emergence of Skylar Halford. And what's in store for Go Fast, Go Hard in year two? Watch True Blue tonight on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Listen to it on BYU Radio at 8.30 Eastern. I implore you to watch True Blue. You're on it this week. And that is why. (laughs) (laughs) And watch men's volleyball. That's true. Yeah, everything else, too. (laughs) Five straight wins for BYU men's basketball. Coming up in 10 minutes, ESPN bracketologist and college basketball insider Joe Lenardi just released his NCAA tournament S-curve. We'll explain what that is, where he has BYU, and why it's starting to look good for the Cougars after an 0-2 start in West Coast Conference play. It looks better, that's for sure. Austin Colley, solid game for the New England Patriots. Four catches, 57 yards, and a loss in the AFC Championship game to the guy he originally caught passes from, Peyton Manning, who's now playing for the Broncos. Peyton. And went up to him after. Yeah, they had a nice exchange that we saw on TV for us. Austin had a nice uh, flat bill hat. He, He, like... He had style going there after the game. That was nice. Normally the quarterbacks, they've got the uh, style, you know. No, Austin brought it. And, of course, Peyton's surrounded by all the cameras, so I would have done the same thing. You know, Austin want, hey, Austin's not thinking this, but I was. Oh, hey. Oh, oh hey, what's up, Peyton? Hey, cameras, what's up, everybody? <laughs> hey, anyone need a wide receiver besides the Patriots? Hey, Blaine Fowler just joined us, and he talked about that being his best moment of the BYU Sports Nation weekend, watching yeah, totally. Austin Colley succeed, wanting him to stay healthy. And I, I thought the same. Every time he would catch a pass, I'm like, I, I hope teams are watching. And I know they are because everybody's home. Everybody's, everybody's home. Everybody's watching. Except for four teams. So I, I think Austin Colley is most certainly going to end up on a roster, if not the Patriots. I mean, he proved a valuable commodity. He made some big catches for the team this year. I think Tom Brady likes him. He likes route runners, and that is what Austin Colley is. He runs precise routes, and that's the kind of receiver that Tom Brady excels with. We need Austin Collie in the league. We do. For BYU. The pipeline's draining. Yes. We need more dudes in there. NFL draft uh, just a couple of months away. The Senior Bowl this weekend. Kyle Van Noy, Cody Hoffman trying to raise their draft stock at practices this week. Uh, We'll have more on that as the week progresses. The East-West Shrine game took place last weekend. Kane Akua Frill, Daniel Sorensen playing in that game. Uh, Frill, an outside shot to get drafted. Certainly, he'll probably end up with a free agent contract somewhere with an opportunity to get onto a team. Daniel Sorensen, however, has a great shot because he's a niche player, and that is he can do good things on special teams. He's a valuable commodity that way. Yeah, hopefully he makes a roster. And We asked him last week on the show from Tampa what team he would pick if he could pick one, and he said the Chargers because his brother plays for the Chargers. And he likes Eric Weddle, too. That would help. He patterns he patterns his game after Eric Weddle, and that's a good man to pattern it after because at one point a couple of years ago, he was the uh, richest safety in the NFL, five years, $40 million. That's a lot of tithing. Uh, the Senior Bowl, by the way, NFL Network, 4 Eastern, Saturday. Get it done. Johnny Manziel is the projected number one overall draft pick, according to Mel Kuyper's big board. Johnny Manziel randomly... Had a BYU tie-in this weekend, BYU Volleyball. And somehow he ended up favoriting a tweet by one Jerem Jordan. This happened. And it had the check mark. So, so I see on Facebook that head coach Chris McGowan, who joined the show Friday, received the karma. This is part of the karma, too. You meet people like Johnny Manziel. We didn't know this. It's unleashed. So on Facebook, I see that Chris McGowan said that he met... Johnny Manziel in San Diego training for the NFL draft. BYU's preparing to play UC San Diego later that day and said he was, you know, he was polite and he was nice and he hopes to make a volleyball fan out of him. I saw that on Facebook. I thought, hey, that's kind of cool. I just want to share that on Twitter with BYU fans. Chris McGowan's not on Twitter. So I tweeted that. I tweeted at Johnny Manziel in in that uh, tweet. And then later that night, discovered that he favorited it. So you got a retweet from Doug Gottlieb of ESPN. Yes. I got a favorite from Johnny Manziel. What is better? (laughs) 
okay. Okay, the fan fanboy inside me says Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, favorite of the tweet. That's awesome. But only I see that. But then my logic steps in, and I and <laughs> I see I see number of followers. One hundred seventy four thousand people yep. saw your tweet. That's right. From Doug Gottlieb. saw my tweet. For, he's with CBS now, not ESPN. That's right. But favorited by Manziel. Another random thing. I tweeted about a mouth, the mouthpiece of Brad Waldo <laughs> at St. Mary's because it looks like he has fangs. I did not tweet at Matthew Delvadova, but he favorited it. He's watching. He's with the Cavs. Does he have a tweet deck column for his name? Don't they all? Saw that? Don't they all? All I, the NBA guys? I just guys? thought it was random because he's definitely not following me <laughs> on Twitter. The Delva Dagger. So you got favorites from Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, and Matthew Delva Dagger. Delva 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 in the same weekend. That's impressive. I think that might trump a retweet by Doug Gottlieb. The co- eh. Two the, in the same weekend? You know what? The cool thing, though, is that Johnny Manziel had some connection with BYU volleyball. It's just random and fun. Was he, did he watch the game? Did you see any of the game? Doubt it. Anyway. I think he just saw him on camera. Random story. What was the BYU Sports Nation best of the weekend? Hashtag BYUSN at Bridger Hill says, like Laser Sheep said, not a big Matt Carlino fan, but I... Like his alter ego, Mario. Nine assists from the bench. <laughs> Mario Carlino has started the last five. Is that, is that what it is now? Mario is Matthew's middle name, Yes. You got the star in the second half? At the GM the 11. Bananas. I think that's the big thing. He's too talented to not start, but he needs to play the way he has been recently. Speaking of... Matt Carlino. So if Carlino has a good game again against Portland on Friday, we've got to play the Mario Kart music as we discuss his talent for sure. Carlino, the key to BYU success, the Y factor. Played 24 minutes last game, 31 the game before, has been awfully successful in his new role off the bench. We're whipping out a new segment on a holiday edition of BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation asks... What's the chance? You heard it. What's the chance? We have some juicy one-liners to discuss. Jeremy and I will give a percentage of likelihood about the said statement. So without further ado, we whip out what's the chance. Number one. What's the chance BYU is a one or two seed in the WCC tourney? I say 80%. BYU is on a roll right now. The teams in the West Coast Conference have created so much parity, they're beating up on each other, that I believe the cream has now floated to the top. BYU and Gonzaga are the teams to beat. Teams like St. Mary's and San Francisco and San Diego, Pacific, LMU, Pepperdine, they're all going to beat each other up. A lot of those teams are going to finish with near 500 records in the conference. I believe Gonzaga and BYU are the two teams that are notable that have distinct winning records within conference play, 14-4, and 13-5. and BYU, 80% chance they finish one or two in the WCC. I feel similarly, but a little less. So I'll say 70%. The reason that BYU is in second place right now and has risen to the top, because they haven't played Gonzaga or St. Mary's yet. BYU needs to be challenged and needs to prove themselves in those games. BYU is going to play at Gonzaga. They could have a third loss, and then St. Mary's at home next week. If BYU doesn't bring it, that could be a fourth loss. However, BYU could lead the WCC if they win this week. So I'll go 70% on that chance. Number two. What's the chance BYU beats Gonzaga on Saturday? This is not what I want to happen. This is what I think will happen. And if I simulate this game at the kennel in Spokane, where it's really difficult to play, where Gonzaga has just a ridiculous record versus conference opponents on their home floor, I think BYU, the way they're playing right now, they win three out of ten games if you simulate it ten times. So I say 30% BYU beats Gonzaga in Spokane, which I think is favorable. And because of the way they've been playing, had you asked me that after the 0-2 start in West Coast Conference play, I probably would have said 3%. 36.2% for me. I think that BYU's got a shot, but it's going to be a tough game. And guess what? It's not 10 times. It's just once. So if BYU can catch lightning in a bottle like Stanford, that, uh, that game where they can score a bunch of points and play some decent defense, they've got a shot to be, win in Spokane. They match up well against the Zags. Number three. 
What's the chance Matt Carlino starts another game this season? The way things are going right now for Matt Carlino and his new role off the bench, <laughs> Dave Rose can still play him a ton of minutes. I think just the mental factor of it all and the superstitious fact of it all, I say 10%. I think Matt Carlino is a sixth man for the rest of his junior season. Zero percent. Matt Carlino will come off the bench for the rest of the season, barring injury, and will be, hopefully, effective for the Cougars. Zero Wow. Okay, number four. What's the chance BYU has three NFL draft picks this year? 50%. I say 50% that Kyle Van Noy, Cody Hoffman, and Daniel Sorensen all get drafted in the first seven rounds. Any three guys. Those are the most likely three. I believe those are the three that will be drafted. I I believe that Kyle Van Noy goes late first round, early second. Obviously, they're trying to increase their stock this week at the Senior Bowl game. Cody Hoffman is a between a fourth and sixth round pick, and I think Daniel Sorensen gets in late, sixth or seventh round pick as a special teams phenom. Three players get drafted, fifty percent chance. Jeremy, I go forty percent. I feel similarly as well that uh, Van Noy, Locke, Hoffman most likely going to get drafted, and then uh, I just really don't see a third guy getting that. I see Daniel Sorensen in the league, but I'm not sure that he ends up getting drafted. Which brings us to the countdown to Connecticut for next season. Countdown to Connecticut. 220. 220 days. Now that's a... It's only a few weeks after the NFL draft. It's it's coming up. 220 is an awkward one to say with that many syllables. (laughs) 220. Yeah, it's It's going to get really weird later. Oh, I can't wait. Eight. Can't wait. No, it's, it's going to have to be after. It's going to have to finish, and then you're going to have to say eight. eight. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Number five. What's the chance BYU men's volleyball wins a national championship this year? I say 30%. BYU is a really good team. They're not as good as they were last year. They're still a really good team. Some things are going to have to go their way. They're going to have to get a little bit lucky. But generally, the national champion, in one way or another, does get lucky. The Cougars will certainly make the six-team playoff. I think they'll compete for another MPSF title, trying for the repeat there. But 30% that they win the national championship. There's so much parity in volleyball and so many weird bounces. It's just hard to guarantee something like that. 41.4%. What? Where are you getting these? Math. I think that Ken Pomeroy, he gave me all these stats. BYU is a good team. There's a lot of uh, matches to be played, but BYU's got a shot. I think that the I think that the league is down a little bit, and there's parity, and I think that BYU's found something in the uh, weeks two and three of the season. So a lot of volleyball to be played, but 41.4% chance BYU men's volleyball wins the national title this season. Number six. What's the chance a BYU athlete goes Richard Sherman on Spencer Linton this year? Oh, that's <laughs> happening. 100%. Someone goes Ooh. nuts while I'm doing my sideline reporting gig at some point. I say 5%, and that one person that has a shot is Eric Mika. He w- <laughs> Eric has so much personality that that possibility exists. He wouldn't do it in an angry way, but he would do it in a positive way. What about, Hashtag beast mode. What about Luke Worthington? This discussion may or may what not if, have already what happened. What if Luke goes nuts, like randomly, like foul <laughs> trouble, and Luke comes off the bench and scores 10 points? That's and- what happens when you put another sorry post player out there against me. <laughs> I'm the best backup center in the WCC. <laughs> that, that's what he'd say. Richard Sherman, if you're not familiar with what happened, Seattle Seahawks. Go, just go look at him. Safety. Just Google Richard Sherman. Made a, made a big play to beat the 49ers. Just, yeah, Google it. I promise, well, you might be disappointed, but it's certainly worth watching. Coming up, Joe Lunardi, ESPN bracketologist, releases his S-curve. Where the Cougars fall, are they in? Are they on the bubble? Are they out? We discuss next, plus your Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We're working on the holiday. Hope you're enjoying Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We're happy to be here live in Studio 2 of BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out on a Monday. How's it going, brother? Great. No time it is? Time to whip? That's right. Whoops! Yep. Yep. 
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. Austin Collie caught four passes for 57 yards in the AFC Championship game as the Patriots ended their season losing to the Broncos 26-16. Somebody sign him. Men's volleyball. BYU went a perfect 2-0 on the road with wins at Irvine in five sets and at UC San Diego. BYU came back down 2-1 at Irvine. Taylor Sander, by the way, set a single-match BYU record for aces with nine against the Tritons of UC San Diego. BYU hosts Stanford and Pacific this weekend, both on BYU TV. Jerem Jordan on the call. Women's basketball. Despite 16 points from Lex Eaton and 17 rebounds from Jennifer Hampson, BYU lost by 15 at San Diego Saturday. BYU hosts San Francisco and Santa Clara this week, both on BYU TV. Swimming and diving. The men and women's teams beat New Mexico but fell to Denver over the weekend in the Mile High City. This week, BYU hosts Utah in the Richards Building on campus. Tennis. The men's team beat Navy 5-2 Saturday. The Cougars play George Washington today, the university, not the men. The women lost 7-0 at Tulsa. Tomorrow, Greg Rebell, radio voice of the BYU Cougars, back in studio. West Coast Conference Commissioner Jamie Zaninovich on Thursday. Zaninovich. Who gets the rise and shout today, Jerem? Taylor Sander. Nine aces against UC San Diego, a BYU record. He gets today's rise and shout. Attaboy, Taylor. What was the BYU Sports Nation best of the weekend? Hashtag BYUSN. But very quickly, Joe Lunardi, ESPN bracketologist releases his S-curve. And what that is, is it's just a way of depicting who's going to get in the tournament, who's on the bubble, and who's out. BYU in the tournament as of today, and they're not the last team in. 34 teams compete for 16 spots, and BYU is number 45. So the S-curve would be uh, ranking teams 32 through 48, and BYU is 45. So in the last four in, BYU is the first team. Of the last there are three according teams to underneath Linardi. BYU that are getting into the tournament, according Stan- to Joe Lenardi. Stanford, Dayton, Georgetown. That's what winning does. You get noticed when you win. So keep winning. And if BYU beats Gonzaga, look out. They push themselves higher up on that totem pole of uh, selection Sunday possibility. And so just, just keep winning. BYU doesn't have to win the game in Spokane, but they've got to be competitive. They need to win it in Provo. Joe Lenardi said if BYU splits with Gonzaga and don't have any other bad losses to sub-100 RPI teams, they are a lock for the NCAA tournament. In other words, you can split with St. Mary's and Gonzaga, and you have to beat Gotta every win everything else. else. Got to finish 14-4 in conference, and probably the two-seed going into the West Coast Conference tournament. Hey, thanks to our guests today, Blaine Fowler and everyone on our crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Chaline, production assistant Spencer King, and engineer Aaron Evans. One last tweet, Jerem. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. is one of your heroes. Laser Sheep said that Ken Griffey is his, to you, is Bronco Mendenhall for him. It's his hero. I like the reference. Long live. It's never iffy if it's Griffey. (laughs) Check out BYU Sports Nation's Facebook page for show links and much more. Like and comment all you please. Episodes of the show on demand at BYURadio.org. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Happy holiday. You have just listened to BYU Sports Nation.